This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. And on Tuesdays, when we're talking about marriage, we're talking about Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Boy, we haven't done this in a long time. I can't wait for you to hear today's discussion. But first, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in all over the country to hear this story. Martha's just bursting. She wants to say something. I am. You have this this look. (laughs) Oh, I am just excited for the show today. You know how much you and I love to um, resource and equip people to strengthen their marriages. And we just came back from our marriage cruise and we had couples that had had, we had conversations with them where they said, their friends said, why are you going on a marriage cruise? You're not in a crisis. And that's the whole point. We want to keep marriages strong all the time so that when something tough comes along, they have the tools to handle it and they have a healthy relationship. So this is just another one of those great shows where we get to give people um, some resources and encourage them and equip them to strengthen their marriages. So check us out online, iworkrim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. And for information on maybe next year's marriage cruise, 2020, we leave on February 27th. If you're thinking way ahead, a little bit over a year from now, no, it's not, it's not too soon to get signed up. Iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. You know, it's my firm belief, Martha, that every married couple needs to have another couple that has been married longer than them living alongside them and in order to encourage them and to grow in their marriage relationship. In other words, you and me having somebody older or further along in their marriage than us living alongside of us. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know why. It was I'm really struggling. tough the way you it said it. It was tough. I think it's the clouds and the rain or something Might like that. Be. You know, Martha, you and I call this marriage mentoring. Some would just call it like living in community. It's what used to happen in communities all around the world. It happens still in some communities around the world. Some would just say, well, but Jim and Martha, what does it look like? What does a healthy marriage look like in 2019? Well, you're about to find out. Today, we talk with Rhonda and Steve Stoppy about their book, The Marriage Mentor, Becoming the Couple You Long to Be. The great part about this is like, if you don't, if you're in a spot right now where you don't live within 10,000 miles of anybody, this book could act like your marriage mentor. But we still recommend that you get a marriage mentor, but this book will also slap you upside the face and hit you with the proverbial two-by-four because that's what it's full of. His book is full of great stories about how Rhonda and Steve learned to be married. And it'll be a great encouragement to you as well as to us as we've already read it. This is a phenomenal book. Every couple needs a marriage mentor. Every couple needs a copy of this book, The Marriage Mentor. What does all this look like? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned to find out. Rhonda and Steve Stoppy, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great, Steve. And I know you've got the powerful voice today. And Rhonda, you're something about laryngitis. You've been talking too much. That's what Steve said. I got this <laughs> Janice Joplin thing going on today. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. And it's, and it's not too much. It's nonstop. Oh, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. And, and how many years have you guys been married? Let's 120. see if he knows. <laughs> <laughs> 37? Uh, 37. 37, 36, 110, whatever it may be. Okay, all right. That's, whatever it takes. 
That's right. Whatever it takes. 110, 220, whatever it takes. That's right. That was a great movie. And you guys laugh because you remember that movie. Everybody else is going, what? What? I watched Mr. Mom. I didn't get that out of Mr. Mom. Okay. You and I get it, so that's all that matters. That's right. That's right. So, listen, we always start. We're going to talk about marriage mentoring today. We're going to talk about this phenomenal book, by the way, which we love this book because it's everything I've always wanted to say. I don't know that I've ever said it that bluntly, and I'm pretty blunt, so yes. I really, really liked it. <laughs> awesome. But we always, we always start off the show talking about Jesus and how you became a follower of Jesus. So, Rhonda, because your voice is a little hoarse, we'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I watched my father's life change when I was four years old when he came to Christ, and it's interesting how second-generation Christians can just take it for granted, and mm. I did that for a long time. And I remember when there came a day where the Lord just really convicted me that I knew about Jesus, but I had never really surrendered to Him as the master of my life. I had never truly repented of my sins and turned to Him and followed Him with my whole heart. And I had been religious for so many years that on the time that I had that aha moment, it changed everything. It changed my my walk. It changed my uh, thinking. It gave me the new heart. So I'm super passionate about when I share the gospel. Evangelism is my sweet spot. Telling people, you know, Jesus said, some many are going to say, Lord, Lord. Paul said, examine me to see if you're of the faith. Uh, we have to not deliver a watered-down gospel. We have to deliver a gospel that calls to repentance and not just believing about Jesus, like John 3.16. It's not just a mental ascent to the truth. It's a genuine entering into a covenant with him. And when that happened, it changed me forever. And so that's my passion. Hmm. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So, Steve, what about you? What um, happened in your life that you, led you to be a Christ follower? But nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm going to introduce I, um, you to Rhonda. She'll tell you about yeah. Jesus, okay? <laughs> um, I was brought up in a Christian home. I'm actually, uh, on my uh, dad's side, a second-generation uh, Christian. On my mom's side, I'm kind of third, fourth, fifth, somewhere down the line. Mm. And um, I remember when I was very young, I was about five years old, we came home from church, and, and I said, Dad, I think I need Jesus. And um, it's weird, because I'm like... <laughs> Dad goes, yes, you do! <laughs> yeah, he goes, oh, you don't know, son. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I remember him, uh, you know, sharing Christ with me there on the edge of my bed, and and uh, you know, me praying the prayer and doing uh, what, what's expected. And I went through life, and you know, went through high school. I was a good kid, did what I was supposed to do, got involved in ministry, played my trumpet in Mexico many times on mission trips. Um, <laughs> you know, did everything. But there was something that happened to me in college. I went to Denver Baptist Bible College back in nineteen. Well, it was dinosaurs were actually walking the earth, and. and um, and um, we, I remember hearing this guy speak on sin and repentance and, and true faith in Christ. And, man, it hit me. You know, you say that this book hit you like a two-by-four. This was a four-by-four. This, mm-hmm. this was a little bigger than yours. And um, <laughs> Which, by the way, we were aiming for with this book, so I'm sad that you only got a two-by-four out of it. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I digress. Got to aim uh, higher yeah. next time, I guess. <laughs> but um, uh, we... Once, once I heard that, and, and I, it, it just it took me to my knees. It was like my sin was not just forgiven. Like, oh, I did this wrong, and now, uh, now we're going to forgive you. No, Christ paid the penalty for that sin on the cross. Um, he had to bear that eternity of of God's judgment and wrath upon him while he was on that cross bearing my sin. And I, I think that just 
I, I never realized it like that before. Mm-hmm. And so you say, well, when were you saved? Well, the Bible tells me all I have to do is repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not by a prayer. It's not by following some, you know, church manuscript. It's not by uh, joining a church or doing something like that, doing a bunch of good works. It's by repenting and believing. And so um, whether that actually happened when I was five or whether it happened in that moment when I when I truly understand the weight of my sin on, uh, on my Savior, uh, it, it changed me forever, and I am forever a believer and will never, ever go back. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, the story, I, I appreciate you sharing that because it's so, it's it just poignant the way you shared it. It's, it. it's like, this is what I believed. It didn't ma- take a magical prayer or anything like that. I, I love that perspective, and I, I, we could spend the whole hour talking about that, but we're not going to do that. So if, if you want to, you can look up Steve online. Okay, but here's the deal. Um, I, I want to, you have a very interesting story how you and Rhonda met. Why don't you tell it from your perspective? Because it's a pretty interesting oh. story. Oh, no, you don't want that. <laughs> oh, no, we do. Oh, no, we do. Oh, man, this is not... First of all, does he remember it? <laughs> well, you want me to help you? I can help you with the story. So you're a youth worker. You're a youth pastor at a church. How do I remember that? And there was this cute eighth grader that you... See, we're going to go there... Oh, it's gonna go there. It's gonna, <laughs> is it not people, part of the story? Your people are going to have to hear this. Go, baby. All right, so here's the deal. Well, now uh, you only have a minute to tell it, so you'll uh, make it short. All right, here it comes, real short. I was working on buses at a church. Uh, it was back in the days when the bus ministry was huge. You remember that? Um, oh, yeah. You, you don't. You're too young. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's this young little eighth grader that comes out and says, yeah, have you seen my sister? And I gave some smart aleck remark. You know, I can't remember what it was now. But um, uh, that's when I noticed her, and I kind of went, wow, she's cute. But, you know, it's like I'm this old man, and she's this little girl, and I'm going, well, that's wrong. So, um so he ran from me, basically. Oh, yeah. And there was, he was the new guy at the college department at our church, so he was fresh meat. So I watched from afar as he dates all these women. Okay, I mean, we got to hold it right there. You're 14 years old. He's 19 years old. Oh, man, you're, you're really going to throw that out there. Yes, yes, it's in the book. <laughs> yes, when we I come, know. When we I come know. back, lots more with Rhonda and Steve Stoppy about their book, The Marriage Mentor. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Why do we talk about marriage on a work and faith related program? Every day we talk about how your faith, how your work matters to God, how you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that we miss so much within the body of Christ here in the United States of America is the understanding that God created marriage marriage on purpose for a reason, to be a light to the nation, to be a light to your neighborhood, to be a light to your community, that the coming together of a husband and wife and a commitment for a lifetime was meant to be a positive influence to everybody around us. We've missed that point. And so we're dedicating this show today as we talk with Rhonda and Steve Stoppy, because marriage is important. And yet Martha and I and Steve and Rhonda, we know something that you don't know, but we're going to tell you today that every successful married couple has a married couple mentor mentoring them. Hey, that came out backwards and sideways, but the whole point is that successful couples have older couples investing in them so they can learn from those people's mistakes and have somebody to walk alongside them. Rhonda and Steve, just help me out. Come, welcome back to I Work For Him. I think you just said we're old is what I heard. No, not <laughs> the snow. <laughs> oh, I want to tell you. We, wow. We have a, couple, a, a ministry that we have had on the show, and they are to millennials, and they just call us chronologically superior. And we oh, really like that. I it's like such a nice that. way to say it. Yeah. But, well, I always hashtag old ladies know stuff because that to me is the secret. <laughs> 
God calls in Titus 2 the older men and women to teach the younger. And yeah. you'll watch on social media, you can scroll comments by the millennials. And they all have this ton of advice that they throw at each other in the comments. And then there will be the word of wisdom from some baby boomer that steps in and says, trust the Lord or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you're like, there she is. There's the word of wisdom. And unfortunately... I'm going to be 58 years old in May. The women that are my age are tapping out, and they're they're not taking seriously this call to mentor the next generation. And it's not a suggestion. It's God's mandate. So this book is, imagine if you were friends with an older couple that was just as interested in helping you become the couple you long to be as you were in becoming one. And we tried to write it the way that we talk, and when I'm not raspy talking, (laughs) because honestly, I meet people all the time that say, well, I'm not a reader, my spouse isn't a reader, which I say, you're a reader, you read social media all day long, how can we write in a way that you'll pick up this book and feel like you're just hanging out with us? Mm-hmm. Well, men, and you did you did that. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say men are the same way. She's kind of you know throwing throwing eggs at women here, but but you know what do we do as men? Is we you know look for that age sixty four, sixty three, sixty five, whatever when we could retire and start going fishing, and uh, rather than really engaging and maybe being involved in your local church to be mentoring other couples and to really point them to Christ, uh, what do we do? We try to look for the best way to get our new bass boat. And, okay. Um, oh. You just brought up the biggest soapbox we have brought. We have talked about it over a thousand times on this show in the last six years, Steve. You're a pastor of a church. Your small groups, are, how, are they, how are they designed, your small groups? Right now we have, uh, well, we go across the board just because we have... Uh, okay, wait a minute, a, just skirt around it. Are you doing it by age or are you doing it by topic? We're doing it, well, actually we're doing it by age and by topic. It, it's like we have men's groups that get together all ages. We have ladies' groups that get together all ages. We have a young marriage group that gets together at certain times, but they also have some older folks that are pouring into them. It's really kind of a cool deal. Awesome. Um, in fact, I got some of my guys that, that are uh, on, on my staff that, man, these guys love the Lord, they love His Word. Word, and they love people, and they pour into people. So, yeah, there's that diversity of of, of 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 people and ages and groups that are together. It's not just okay. We have our little, you know, five year olds here, and our eight year olds here, and our twelve year olds here. So, mm. well, know, it's it, more to that. We got all the young marrieds together. We get all the uh, uh, we get all the fifty year olds together, sixty year olds together, yeah. seventy year olds together, and, yeah. and, and and it screws it up. Yep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It does. Exactly. It totally does. And, yeah. and as a preacher, as mm-hmm. a teaching pastor in a church. Mm-hmm. Do you tell people that there's no such thing as retirement? Do you tell them oh, yeah. there's no yeah. way they get to <laughs> so check they out? They retire, they buy a motorhome and leave the church. Yeah. So they don't we, we say, here's the deal. Uh, we want you to retire so you can get busy for the Lord. That's yes. kind of Amen. the way we look at it. Yes. So uh, Get busier for the Lord, I'm sure is what you mean. All right, I just yeah. wanted to test you because that's one of the things that the church is really messing up, and we need to oh, take yeah. this platform Absolutely. and we need to let them know. We've got to start intermixing the generations. Martha's looking at me going, we've got to get back off the soapbox. We've got to talk about the marriage mentor. <laughs> and that's true, but, but, but look, at, look at even like in our, in our mega churches and, 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 and that sort of thing, what they're drawing is the young crowd, right? Uh, they're, they're drawing the crowd that likes, you know, whatever's going on on, on the stage and this and that and the other thing. Well, where's the influence of the old folks in that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, where's the influence of those who have lived a life, who love the Lord, who have lived a life pleasing the Lord, and, and now uh, wants to pour into the younger? So, anyway. And the prerequisite for being a great mentor doesn't mean you have to look great in skinny jeans. It just means you have to know <laughs> even, the word. Even Praise God for that. Oh, baby. Way, oh, yes. You know. Oh, baby. But, you know, bringing it around to the mentor topic, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was how I knew I wasn't the wife I meant to be after Steve and I were married. And Steve was working in youth ministry. He was always in construction. 
We used to flip houses in the San Francisco Bay Area. We lived in them when we flipped them. People thought we were crazy. These days, we'd have had a show, I'm sure of it. Right. Yes, you would have. Flipping out over crumbs, peanut butter toast crumbs on the kitchen counter. Oh, we're going to bring that up again? Yeah. It's in the book, Steve. Did you read this book? He he hasn't read it. (laughs) (laughs) And as I walked in the kitchen after stuffing the resentment over you don't care what I do all day, assigning wrong motives to his actions, I was like crying and he comes in he's saying i didn't dirty a plate i did it on the counter to save you from washing a dish i'm thinking thank you you don't care what i do all day which unmet expectations and assigning wrong motives to each other's actions are key in causing conflict but i knew i wasn't the wife i meant to be and i looked around at the moms of the kids in our youth ministry and the marriages of the people in our youth ministry who still held hands laughed at each other's jokes and we became friends with those people and what's interesting is these women invited me to a Bible study. It was a preset Bible study on the book of Philippians. I'm like, I don't need a Bible study. I just want to be a better wife. And these women, in studying the Word with me, revealed their heart. And the Word of God revealed my own heart and challenged me and transformed me. You'll never see yourself more clearly than through the lens of Scripture. So a wise mentor will encourage those that God puts in their path to study the Word and to adjust to what they learn in the Word. And I know to this day, those women, those couples that we became friends with, we went on vacations with them. We didn't have kids, and we went and watched them, how they parented, were the transforming element in me becoming the wife I longed to be, because these women were genuine, they were real, and that's what we tried to do in The Marriage Mentor, is to really be honest about our own story, stories of other married married couples, just some fantastic insights that everybody who's reading is going to relate somewhere in the book to that's my marriage. Well, and speaking of stories, as we're talking with Rhonda and Steve Stoppy, who wrote this their latest book, The Marriage Mentor. You know, you could check these guys out online. The book, the uh, website, noregretswoman.com, noregretswoman.com. The book is The Marriage Mentor by Steve and Rhonda Stoppy. And speaking of stories, Steve, we were talking before the break, and we just, you know, <laughs> about have to how, how, you, how you are not. 19 and this 14-year-old oh, grader walks to up to you. We need a little <laughs> resolution. We need the story to be resolved, you know, just so our listeners I want know. the listeners to know that you didn't start dating Rhonda at no. 14. Oh, no, no, and no. I will say this. You can go to the website, noregretswoman.com, and click on the marriage mentor. There's a video of Steve and I on that book page telling our love story, and it's quite detailed. Aww. He talks more about his 1969 Mach 1 oh, dude, than he this does thing about me, awesome. but you'll get it. <laughs> and you still have it, right? Because everybody keeps their first great oh, awesome car, oh, right? He sold it to pay for our honeymoon. Oh, Don't that's right, that. the $100,000 honeymoon. That's oh, right. What in the world was wrong with me? <laughs> I saw one of those in Naples three weeks ago oh, at a car oh, show. Dude. Four four twenty eight Cobra jet with the shaker hood, you know, comes through the roof. It was unbelievable, and this thing was perfect. And it was original paint, original interior, the whole thing. Blue, black interior. I mean, you know, this thing was just okay. Let's go back to how you met Rhonda. Oh yeah, watch the video. Um, (laughs) Somewhere in there, the car had something to do with it. So yeah, actually, that's what got her. You know, it's the car. So um, I actually learned to drive in that car. (laughs) Oh boy. so so she she comes back and and I see her and and we we were kind of introduced more or less she I didn't really give her my name she didn't give me hers but I knew her sister and her sister was kind of dating my brother and so we uh, uh were kind of had to be with them because she couldn't date my brother by herself so Rhonda had to go along with them so they go well let's bring the old guy so I went along so we just became friends and that's really how we uh lived a lot of you know for years just kind of hanging out being friends I was dating girls she had some guy that she was kind of <laughs> 
some scum. But anyway, um, I uh, <laughs> and that's kind of how it went. We were just real good friends, and and then we don't even know when there. we started dating. No, we, I don't we date to... now just to make up for it. Yeah, yeah. You know what happened after my sister and brother-in-law broke up? Steve, I didn't see him for a while. And when I I tell the story, and it's called uh, create mentoring. Um, I'm sorry, magical moments. When you couldn't wait for that guy to look your way. You know, we get married, we take for granted this, this person fell in love with us. You know, but when you couldn't wait for them to look your way. And I walked into a basketball game, and he was playing in an alumni game. I was a cheerleader. And I walked in, and he made a layup, and he came down, and eye to eye we caught my eye. And my, this took my breath away. By the way, he made the shot. He made the shot. And, and the I, rest is history. That's right. So I take it your sister and brother-in-law didn't they didn't end up getting married? No, no, they did no, not. no. No, they did but not. you got to. Th- I hope you guys thank them every day for introducing you yes. to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. As we talk today with Rhonda and Steve Stoppy, and if you have been listening to the show, you know that pretty much we haven't even talked about their brand new book yet, <laughs> The Marriage Mentor. We've been talking about their story, but what's really important for you to note from both of our stories is that if you can just live with authenticity, transparency, and vulnerability, it makes a marriage that's great. And if you can laugh at yourselves, it makes it even better. (laughs) I agree so much. And one of the things that I want to just point out for our listeners is the fact that when you you get this book, The Marriage Mentor, and of course, Jim, we highly are recommending it. The Marriage Mentor. The Marriage Mentor. These guys probably don't even know, but we already have a case on their way Oh, yeah, we ordered a case. A whole (laughs) case. So, so, like, this is going to be our new go-to book. And so... I think we just spoiled that for all the people that listen that we're going to give it to. Our mentees. that's okay. (laughs) They can look forward to it. But one of the things I love about the book is that you guys have videos that are linked to the chapters. And for our listeners, if they're listening to this conversation and they're having at all a smile on their face, then hopefully that intrigues them enough that they'll want to read the book watch your videos because what you guys have really done intentionally is just been real and been like you are just friends in a living room with people. And um, so what gave you guys that idea for, you know, putting that element into your book? Well, let, let me state that. I'm just a cutting edge guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is like, that it? Out there, oh, I'm yeah. the first oh, to get yeah, that, it. Okay? That's you, baby. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, when I, when I, when I figured out this World Wide Web thing, I went, oh, baby, we can make this work for us. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, that's why Rhonda yeah. and I are working on Instagram right now, and you probably don't even know your login, right? Account. Yeah. We have, we have Wi-Fi. We live in the mountains. We have satellite Internet. We've only had Internet at the house for a couple of years. We lived on a generator for two and a half years when Thank we bought this property. I'm telling intended. you, it was before it was the hip thing to do to be off the grid. We were crazy. But, you know, he's cutting edge. That's right. <laughs> That's and bleeding edge, really, what That's that is. Right. And I have to so, point out, these videos are free. Because one of the biggest struggles in marriage is financial struggles. So wives will say to their husband, hey, let's spend X amount of dollars to go buy this video series or go to this event. And then the fight starts because the husband doesn't have the money or doesn't want to spend it. You don't care enough. Or doesn't want to go. So, or doesn't want to go. So we made the videos free, and they're just us chatting it up in our living room. In fact, there's, Steve's not, this is not his thing. Like, oh, if you no watch way. him, there's a couple videos I wanted to retake, because it was like 110 on the day we did these videos in our living room. We mm. had to turn off the AC because of the noise. My hair is melting. And it's one of the videos, I'm like, can we please redo it? He's like, nope. <laughs> so I have nope, this really is it. bad hair, but I didn't want to push him past his threshold. I said it with a good attitude, though. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But these oh, yeah, you look like you were having such a good time doing the videos. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much 
Steve Stoppy has a good time most of the time. <laughs> so, so truly in God's infinite wisdom, these videos came into being, right? So for, so for, for, so for 16 bucks. To read the book, you can say, well, how about we at least watch the videos together? And that'll trigger great conversation. Absolutely. And oh, yeah. at the back of each chapter, there's a, a process. I think it's thinking it through or ponder this and living it out or something that causes conversation. So even if all you can do is get your spouse to watch the video, and discuss the questions in the back of the chapter. It's a, it's, a, it's a start, yeah. Oh, it's a huge start because the questions you guys ask are really great and they're, and they're so good. So before we delve into individual chapters and talk about the topics, who oh, we is, I <laughs> think yeah, we really maybe. should, <laughs> but I really want our listeners to hear who the book is really written for and why you, what you would hope for them to get out of it. Oh. I think mm. in the 30 years of ministry, it's to... The couples that we've mentored, go with, take that baby, take it. Well, I, I think that's what you're saying is exactly right. We have a certain influence on certain people, but you start realizing that the problems that they have are more widespread. I mean, it's not just our people in our church. It's not just friends that we know. It's not even just our family. It, it's These are the same problems people have in marriages. And so, uh, and, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't my idea to write a book. Uh, <laughs> you think? I just... <laughs> You wanted to do the videos only. Listen, I didn't even want, well, yeah, I am cutting edge, but um, I, I just want to preach. That's what God called me to do. So when she said, honey, we're going to write a book, I go, you're out of your crazy mind. What is wrong with you? Well, I didn't say it that way, but, but I, uh, in my mind I did. But, um, but, but, but Harvest was, House Publisher nudged him very nicely. They, they did. And, <laughs> and so here's, here's the deal. It, it's, it's recognizing, you know what, these issues are the same issues that marriages have in our uh, Christian circles all over, and, and even non-believing, but this is, this is really for our Christian, uh, our Christian family. And we need to live the life that God has called us to live. We need to, men, we need to be those that are leading our families. I just preached about this on Sunday, and, and we, we talked about in Malachi 2, where, where God basically said, you guys, lives are miserable, you're, you're not happy, nothing's going your way, and it's because you forgot the covenant that you made with that wife of your youth. And uh, you're divorcing, you're doing this, you're doing that. That's sad when Christians are, are living that way and, and, and just living according to, well, she doesn't make me happy anymore, so I can just go do what I want to do, because I need to be happy. God wants me to be happy, doesn't he? Um, and that's kind of the whole uh, the format for, for even the Christian marriages, which is sad. And God says, listen, you need to repent. You need to be back on your face before me. You need to do the things that God's called you to do and, and uh, live the life that I've called you to live. And then we men need to be the leaders that go to us and say, listen, I'm, I'm in it with you. This is this is to the end. I will not leave you, and I will uh, fulfill my obligation and my uh, covenant with you when I married you. And I think for us, we did youth ministry for 18 years. I don't know what the statistic is now, but it used to be 45% of teenagers left the church and never came back. Maybe it was even higher statistic. I think it's and the number one reason was hypocrisy in their Christian homes. Yeah. Because parents will go to church, and this is the thing that's happening in churches all over America. People put on a pretense that everything's okay when they go to church, and they think everybody else is 
doing great and they're the ones struggling. They don't want anyone to know, but their kids see it. And their kids see when they get in the car and they give each other the silent treatment or they mom backbites about dad behind his back when dad's at work and she's telling the kids. Well, they like to roast the pastor, too. Yeah, That's they always like fun. to roast the pastor. <laughs> but it drives our kids away from Christ. If we want to live in a manner that draws our kids to want to know the Lord, the priority of life, Jesus said, is to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's our whole being. And the second command is to love our neighbor as ourself, beginning with our spouse. I can't love my husband with Christ's selfless love unless I'm pushing in to love God with my whole being. Then he spills over out of me his supernatural selfless love toward my spouse. So this book isn't about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, trying X, Y, Z to do better. It's really becoming the whole person that God's calling you to be and living in a way that your love for your spouse reflects Christ's love and is the light that God can use to draw your kids to Christ rather than drive them away because of our hypocrisy. So that's the urgency we felt when we wrote this book. One, one of the things that I, that I I think we really have, even in Christian circles, is, is uh, the problem in our marriages and not so much uh, he did, she did, all these sort of things. I think it's really our lack of love for Christ. Mm. Um, and I, I think what we're finding is that is really at the base of a lot of our Christian problems, uh, mm. of a lot of our Christian marriages, is there's that lack of love. Jesus said, listen, if you love me, if you, uh, first of all, he said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself. Well, <laughs> Hello, what does that look like, right? Uh, you got to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. But he also says, if you love me, if you know me, it's because you know my word and you love my word. You go to John 14, 15, 16 for that. And, and you, he says, you love my word. And I think the problem is we in Christian circles don't love his word. Wow. Um, mm. Okay, so, you've said so much there. I mean, but I want to just recap just something you just said. Sure. Uh, and, and this is this is uh, again another soapbox. You touched one, but that mm-hmm. the that the, the problem in our country is that there's too many quote unquote Christians uh-huh. who don't know how to be Jesus followers. And the right. solution Absolutely. to the the solution to our country is not Christians. No. that's been no. the problem with our country. The solution to our country yeah. is Jesus followers. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and and it was simple, Steve. I don't know what it was like when you were growing up, but I, you know, I'm, we're just a few years younger than you guys. Not, so you guys are chronologically superior, but, but you no problem. But I wasn't dating a 14-year-old either. So. <laughs> oh, All right. oh, really? Are we going there? We did. We went there again. All right. I know you weren't dating out. a 14-year-old. Okay. <laughs> the mock, the mock. I know, but it's you know it would have been way better if it had been a Camaro SS 396. Girl car. Okay. Okay. But I have no idea what I was even going to say. You were going to say the problem. Oh, okay. So, you know, you we as we look at Jesus followers. Jesus followers. That's right. Okay. So when you look at what Paul says to the Ephesians, he says, "Husbands, love your wives. That's right. Like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her." And then down below, way down below, five or six verses later, he says, "And wives, respect your husbands. Right. Submit to your husbands." Right. I never heard a sermon on. 525 in Ephesians, that husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. I only right. ever heard the sermons about wives submit to your husbands. Right. If, right. if the church did a better job of saying, husbands, all you have to do yeah. is be Jesus to your wives right. And, right. and love your wives like Christ loved the church, yeah. we wouldn't have any marriage problems. Right. Well, so let me, I think everybody's, every woman's neck just bristled when you said respect your husband. And that of course. And the part that we have to realize as wives, I mean, husbands, if you're listening, 
you can make it easy for your wife to give you the respect you crave by just giving her the love she craves. Mm-hmm. And what happens is we get so self-focused, we get so uh, determined that I will have what I will have, and if I'm not happy, I'm going to hold you hostage until you make me happy. And that drives farther wedge between each other. If each one would say, okay, God gave you the need as a wife to feel loved by the spouse, the husband. Wives, we don't even know who we are every 28 days. We have to coach them. The, the Bible calls their husbands to live <laughs> with us according it. to knowledge. We have to coach them what love feels like. When I was young, Steve would bring me flowers, and that was romantic. When I had a couple kids hanging on me and trying to get homework done and dinner made, and he walked into the door, if he helped the 8-year-old with homework or pitched in and helped with the dishes, that was poetry. That was romance, yep. and I'm like, dude. I've had my mama hat on all day long. You take care of these crazy people. I'm going to go find my sexy mama hat under the bed, and I will make it worth your while. But if we don't coach them, they bring in flowers, and they think, well, it used to work. Why is she not happy about flowers anymore? Because she's exhausted, and she needs a team player. And in the same way, respecting our husbands, we talk about laughter. so important. When we withhold laughter when our husband's trying to make the family laugh, it's a sign of disrespect for our spouse. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a tough one. And we're running out of time. Martha, you had a question really quick. Well, no, I just was going to say, you know, you guys identified your um, Christian lives based on how many generations had been believers before you. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that is so important in our culture today is we have a lot of people um, meeting Jesus for the very first time and they don't have an upline sure. that is modeling sure. a, a good biblical marriage. So this book is another step in that. I'm helping them to see what God's got for them. So well, you've got to get a copy of this book, The Marriage Mentor by Steve and Rhonda Stoppy. Check it out online. NoRegretsWoman.com. NoRegretsWoman.com. Why do we talk about marriage on a faith and a work radio program? Ladies and gentlemen, because if your marriage is messed up at home, When you get to work, guess what's messed up when you get to work? Everything about you. Because when things are rough at home, you don't leave that at home. It comes with you. We want you to work on things at home. We have a fantastic resource for every married couple out there. It's called The Marriage Mentor by Stephen Ronda Stoppi. Not only is it a great book that'll be in your face, it's a transparent, authentic, vulnerable story by Stephen Ronda, as well as it's coupled together with videos that Steve loved producing <laughs> and, that, and that Rhonda just, you know, she was went along with the deal on it. <laughs> but these are great, these are great videos, but it's a resource. And what's hilarious is that when they wrote this book, Rhonda recognized that women love to read marriage books, and Steve recognized that men don't. And so Rhonda wrote three-quarters of the chapter to women, then Steve writes a paragraph to men, and then Rhonda writes a paragraph to men, and then Steve writes a paragraph to women, and it's all done. And then they have a video to go along with it. It's not quite that simple, but it's pretty close. That They understand that men have short attention reading spans when it comes to marriage <laughs> books. However, I'm telling you, that if you want your marriage to be awesome, you need a marriage mentor in your life. You can get this book. That'll introduce you to the idea. Then you need to go out and you need to find another couple. A chronologically, actually, that's not important. They don't need to be chronologically superior. They need to be marriage superior. They need to have been married more years than you because they can make more mistakes than you and they can talk about those mistakes. That's why you need to get a copy of The Marriage Mentor. Okay, Stephen Ronda Stoppi. We only have... Nine minutes left of talking time before wow. the show is done. So, yeah, that was just way too much fun. It was way, uh, and I, you know, we need to do this live next time we're going to be in the San Francisco Bay Area because this is way, wait. Oh, we are live. I mean, but I mean, together, yeah. face, face to face. To face. Hey, we can do a whole weekend like this. Bike ride. It'll yeah. be fun. 
I want to go to car shows because they get really cool cars in California. Oh, hey, we have uh, good guys here. We have good guys here in Florida, too. Yeah, but I have the guy who, in my church, who's the art director of the whole thing. Oh, oh, that's so, like a thing. The good, yeah, okay, so you right. can meet him. This okay, well, we'll talk about oh, we'll that. Talk, we should have a whole, you know what? We could do a show just about cars, because oh, I would love that. Yeah, I was a car yeah. dealer for Somehow a lot of years. Somehow wrapping it okay, back right. into I work for well, him. Bringing it back. Marriage? Chapter four says your marriage can survive toddlers and teens. Is it really possible? Because we see a lot of couples with toddlers that are ready to throw in the towel because mm. it's a tough time. Now, keep in mind, I want to also talk about the grass is greener. So, Rhonda, <laughs> start with this. You're the one raising the toddlers. How how hard was it to make it through those tough years? Well, it's toddlers and teens because some of them, uh, the the teen age, you know, even in youth ministry, we watch those adolescent years drive couples apart. The kids yeah. are smart when they're two year olds and when they're twelve years old. If it's not resolved when they're two, you're going to revisit it when they're twelve. Their arguments are just better, <laughs> mm. and they know if they can get mom and dad bickering with each other, they can walk away scot free and do whatever they want. I'm out. And so we have to learn behind behind closed doors, have those conversations, talk about the way that you want to handle something and the way that the the other spouse is not allowing or is allowing, but in front of the kids, a united front, praying Mm. for God to unite your hearts. Your goal is you've got these arrows in your quiver that you're going to launch into the next generation, and that is the goal, is to guide them so that you launch them straight and true, not that they have battle scars because they watch mom and dad constantly battling over who didn't pick up the you know dirty clothes in the bathroom or whatever. So it is. There's so much hormones, exhaustion. I had postpartum after Kayla was born, my third child. I talk about that in the Marriage Mentor. I had PMS. Scary. Yeah, it was rough season. Okay, in but- fact, they call the 30s the unfriendly years for women, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> so you you said a very very key word though. You said pray together. Yeah. Talk about that. What is you what what encouragement or what challenge do you have for couples about praying together? Well, there's there's two ways. I mean, there's 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 making sure one of the things that the the husbands to do and and I realize times of an essence and all these things, but one of the things that we're to do is we're to see that our wives are spiritually growing, right? Uh Rhonda mm-hmm. was talking about going to precept ministries and stuff like that. I wasn't there for that. I wasn't teaching that to her. But you know what? I made sure she was doing that. And the same with mm-hmm. prayer. We pray together for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we encourage one another to be praying during the day. I used to commute like an hour and a half um, when I was working construction years ago. And, and that was perfect time for me to be in my truck praying while I was driving to the job, um, you know, considering the Lord when I was coming home. And it, it was keeping that time for my wife to do the same thing was important as well. And and the, the, going back to the Malachi 2 thing, we've got a, an important job to stay together in that focus of covenant because God says it's for a reason. It's that you might raise a godly seed. Oh, and that they might raise one as well. And so what you're teaching, you're teaching into generations beyond your generation. And and mm. here's the other thing you got to consider as you're raising your children. They're out in 18 years. Yep. But I'm stuck with this woman for the rest of my life. And so here's the thing. How do I want it to go? Do I want to get everything I want the way I want it when my kids are there and and hamper that relationship and my wife? Or do I keep my wife as my number one priority? I remember my kids going, who do you love more, Daddy, Mommy or me? And I go, oh, your mom. (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely, you know your mom, and and um, and I love you too. And you know you go on with all the games and the and the stuff that you do. But, but that's what you just said was so important, though, Stephen. I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but our kids to need it. to know. Yeah, married <laughs> me. Our kids need to know that they are not the top priority. Yeah. Marriages succeed when the husband has their top priority being the Lord, number one, mm-hmm. but they're the ministry to their spouse, number right. two, and kids, number three, their number one mission field, their yes. kids. Yes. When kids know that they're number one over the, the spouse, mm-hmm. that destroys a marriage. That's, yeah. that's yep. one of the most important points you've made all day, and is our kids, kids need to know. Hey, and, and did I make that one? Yeah. <laughs> Rhonda, what did you just say? It makes wow. the children insecure when they think they are the priority relationship right. for mom or for dad. And going back to prayer, this is so crucial. James says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous one accomplishes much. My righteousness begins in my relationship with Christ, of course. But I meet couples, and I talk to women, I speak all over. Women will say, well, I resent my husband for this. And rightly so. There's things that they're doing, you know, pornography. We talk about that in the marriage mentor and the wound in the marriage for that. And they hold on to this resentment, but it renders their prayers powerless. And when you think about Moses on the mountain with his arms in the air, praying, interceding over Joshua, fighting the battle, if that's our kids fighting the battle, and I've got my arms folded in resentment towards their father while they're fighting a battle, my prayers are powerless for God to give them the strength to do what he's calling them to do in this generation, to protect them from the enemy's lies. Well, and it's the same thing in Peter in First Peter 3 for the men. It says, uh, you know, if you don't love your wife properly, if you don't look at her in the way that God wants you to look at her, your prayers are going to be hampered. So, you know, here you are, a man that has this, this bitterness against your wife for whatever reason, and, um, and, and all of a sudden now you realize, man, I pray, and it, it's like it's bouncing off the ceiling. Well, there's a reason for that. So it becomes very important to uh, to do it in the right way. Again, well, just respecting and asking God to show you your heart and repent of your own sin so you can walk the way God's called you to walk. Kind of what we came back to at the beginning, your love for Christ is really going to dictate your marriage relationship. And love for each other. That's Absolutely. Really be, yeah. did, did you guys find those times challenging when your kids were dating as adults? Because the teenagers, I thought, they weren't near as tough as when the kids started to date and they were ad- adult uh, parenting, adult children. We found that uh, to be challenging. You know what? I I've got to say this. My children, uh, they have chosen spouses for themselves that I could not have picked better. Amen. Um, and and there's that's a whole nother show how that came to be. But but that sounds was, like a book. That was every time they came home with somebody, it was somebody who I went. Wow. Yeah, my, my daughter Meredith, she, she married a man who loved the Lord, who was studying to be a ministry. Uh, he was going to uh, Bible college. He was going to seminary. Uh, he loved the Lord. My, my daughter uh, Kayla, she was the one I was a little concerned about because she started young like her mother did. But <laughs> she married her high what, school sweetheart. But I tell you what, this kid, this kid, Stevan, I love this boy. He loves the Lord. He teaches in our church. He, they, they lead our college group right now. They're doing a fantastic job. And then my boy, Brandon, and he's a worship leader uh, down in, uh, um, uh, where is he? Riverside. Riverside. And, and uh, at the Grove. And um, <laughs> and, and uh, that's because he's not here with me, so I got a little bad attitude. But anyway, he married a wonderful one young lady that loves the Lord, keeps him directed in things of the Lord. So, no, it wasn't a hard thing for us. And our, you know, and our I just want to... Tony oh, is a ahead. fighter pilot in the Air Force. I told all their love stories in a, if I can plug, yeah. Real Life Romance. Yes. It's a great book. It's yes. all about love stories. My kids' love stories are all in there. Amen. And, you know, I just wanted to point out real quick that I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. 
Hey, hey, and, and third, <laughs> you, you've got a chapter that's all about the grass is greener, is not greener on the other side, but we're out of time. But the point really is, is that divorce is a disaster. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that your point? You got 20 seconds, Steve. Make a comment on that chapter because you say some great things about that. Well, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> no, it, you know what? The grass isn't greener. Uh, grass is greener where you water it. And so men, water the grass. Water be the leader the in your grass. home. Be the spiritual leader. Be the one who uh, gives your uh, wife the security she needs, that you're there, that you're going to love her, that you're going to treat her right. And it's not it's regardless whether you whether you are being respected it's, or not. That's amen. The grass is greener where you water it. Stephen Rondostapi, thank you. What an amazing time on the air today. Really appreciate it. Check him out online, noregretswoman.com. Thank you, Stephen Ronda. Appreciate Thanks. it. Our pleasure. God bless you guys. You've been listening to I Work Ram with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.